This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, we were discussing the importance of saying a bracha with kavanah, with intention, and saying it slowly. So, Rav Tzadka told his students, he said, put a comma. Baruch Atah Amonai, comma. I think. Who is Hashem? Elokeinu Melech HaOlam is the master of the universe. That's the answer. And then say the end of the blessing. So split the bracha into three parts. Baruch Atah Amonai, comma. Which you should do anyway if there's people over there who want to say Baruch Hu So like you have the Chazarav, the repetition of the Shemona Yeah, the people want to say Baruch Hu Baruch it's interesting, someone came to me when I first came to the shul. He said, what is this Baruch Shemo? Because they never said Baruch Hu, Baruch Shemo. So Shemoy, Baruch Shemoy. No one knew how to say Baruch Hu, Baruch Shemo. It's four words. Blessed be he, and blessed be his name. Baruch Hu, Baruch Shemo. So the Kabbalists say, every part of it is corresponding to Yud Kei, Vav Kei. Baruch Hu, Yud Kei. Baruch Shemo, Vav Kei. Four words for four letters of God's name. So blessed be He is Yud K, and Baruch, Baruch Shemo is Vav K. Interesting. That was the same way. I, I, thought, I thought for years. Shemoy. People yeah, say Shemoy. Baruch Shemoy. Baruch Shemoy. Because people say it so fast, they just don't get the whole word. Baruch Hu, Baruch Shemo, four words. So you can say Baruch Atah Hashem. Think about who you're talking about. And then he's the Elokeinu Melech That's the answer. Elokeinu Melech He is. The master of the universe. Okay. Some feel that it's a problem to stop. Baruch Atah Hashem, stop. But the truth is, if you're Chazan, you have to stop anyway. Because the people got to answer, Baruch Hu Baruch Shem. Okay. This is an amazing story brought down by the Orzarua. The Orzarua is a very, very famous rabbi, Ashkenazi rabbi, quoted by the Shulchan Aruch, Orzarua, probably 800 years ago. He says a story, a scary story. It's brought down in Chot Shabbat in the, in the Orzarua. He said, I knew a Jew from Worms. So Worms was in Germany, on the border of Germany, France. That's where Rashi lived, Worms. Named Rabudim who served as an undertaker for many years and lived to a ripe old age. Here's a story, amazing, scary story here. According to reliable reports, he once came to the synagogue early in the morning and found a man sitting outside wearing a crown of leaves. By the Romans, yeah, they were a crown of leaves. Rabudim suspected he was a demon and became quite frightened. He said, aren't you so-and-so who died recently? I did your burial. He's an undertaker. I did your burial. Figure says, it's true. I am so-and-so who died recently. He said, how are you faring in the next world? He said, doing Baruch Hashem. Very good. So Rabbi said, what merit do you possess? I remember you're just a very average person. My merit is that I always recite the blessings in a melodious tune in the synagogue. Because of this, I was escorted to the Garden of Eden. And you can prove that I'm the person who's talking to you. Because my shroud is ripped over here. You ripped it. And you buried me. <laughs> so 
So what is the meaning of the crown on your head? He said, these are leaves of fragrant herbs for the Garden of Eden. I placed them on my head to mask the stench of this world. Mm. <laughs> so he says, I have recorded this incident so that those who fear heaven will take this to heart and make sure to recite the praise of Hashem in a pleasant tune and proper concentration. In this way, they will merit to be admitted to the Garden of Eden. Okay. It's a beautiful story. Chesed Lalafim, who is the grandfather of the Chida, of Chaim Yosef David Azulai, he delivers a strong rebuke to those who engage in other activities while reciting blessings. They do something else, you say a bracha. It's a Yetzirah. Such a Yetzirah. People don't realize the biggest enemy you have in the world is our own Yetzirah. Biggest enemy. He wants to kill us. He wants to kill us. He doesn't want us to live forever. He wants to cut us off. So he'll do anything for us not to focus on the mitzvah, not to focus on the bracha. So he says, I highly recommend that one always recite blessings from written text or with one's eyes closed. Close your eyes and say bracha. It's very hard. It's a very big answer. It's not to make a bracha. In this way, a person's blessings and prayers will illuminate their lives. So, if you close your eyes and say bracha, he says, you don't need the light. Your prayers are going to illuminate your life. Isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful idea. Similarly, a person says, you're going to wash hands for a meal, wash hands in the morning, or say a bracha on a fruit to concentrate on blessing his creator who gave us his kindness, gave us the food. Hashem gave us the food, thank God. We have food to eat. When reciting a bracha on one of the everyday mitzvot, a person should have gratitude that we have a mitzvah, thank God. We have an opportunity to earn our reward in the next world. It's amazing. People don't appreciate the fact that we have mitzvot. In order to have a long life. Imagine all these mitzvot which give us long life. In this world or in the next world, long life. You see people today. I just spoke to a psychologist today, this morning. He started coming to Ashul, Dr. Fish, you know. He says people's lives are empty. He comes along people. They all come to him. Lives are empty. There's no meaning in life. There's no meaning in life. We have, thank God, we have meaning in life. We have structured life. Three times a day, you go to pray, you say brachot to Hashem, do mitzvot. It's a tremendous meaning. People don't realize. I was once, my father unfortunately passed away. Unfortunately. And I was at Onen. Onen, you know, the first day before the burial, you're Onen. And I was on the plane going to England from Israel. I was in Israel at that time. Going to England. And it was very strange. I couldn't say brachot. I didn't have to pray. It was like, I felt like a goy. I said, <laughs> I said now I know life is empty. I want to do a bracha. I'm not allowed to say a bracha. It feels so strange. You can't say a bracha. You can't do a mitzvah. You have to keep all the negatives. Be a patru from all the positives. Amazing. It's so weird. How do, how do you live with that? We're so used to Baruch Hashem. Part of us is... That's good. It means we've changed. If part of us is the mitzvah, that means our soul has changed. It's not the same soul. We've been trained that it's part of our lives. The mitzvah is part of our lives. Very, very critical. When a person does their bracha by rote, oh, this is, this is harsh, very harsh. It angers Hashem. In fact, it's not just the bracha by rote, it's any mitzvah a person does by rote. A person should always try and find some enthusiasm, some spark in the mitzvah. 
based on Prophet Yirmiyahu, sorry, Yeshayahu, chapter 29, verse 13. Yom Hashem, Hashem says, Yan. Whereas this nation approached me, the piv was fatav kimduni. They honored me with their lips. But their hearts were far away. Lips, ah, saying the bracha, but where's the, where, where's the mind? So it's very important not to be like that. A person's got to focus, tune in to what they're saying. Suppose doing other things and saying a bracha, by the way, and it's by the way, it's not really focused. So it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. It's a yitzirah, it's a yitzirah. We're going to break this yitzirah. It's, it's a fight every day. There's always something to do. Always something to do. Always, because it's late, and there's no time, and i got to go this, and i got to do this. So wait another minute. Is that why we have hard, to say Allah uh, Michi and, and Berkat Amazon in the same spot? Yeah. To prevent, uh, to prevent that. To prevent multitasking during a brach. Well, you can say it somewhere else, but it's always better to say it where you said the food. You will eat and be satisfied and blessed in the same place. All over the place. It's actually a big machlok. But you can say anywhere. If a person left, what do they do? Benjamin says, go right back to where you came from. Benjamin says, once you've left, you've left. You don't say, you can say anywhere you want. Imagine. Benjamin is so strict. That means you eat, be satisfied, and blessed. The place you ate. Not down the street. Not on the train. If you're eating on the train, it's the same place. But if you start eating at home, and you go, you forgot to say the bracha, and you're on the train now, what do you do? Go back. Bechamai says, imagine. <laughs> go, get off the train, go back. We don't follow Baruch Hashem, we don't follow Beitir. Hello, should I say Baruch Hashem? Such a tilcha. Can you imagine what a trouble it is to go back and say, because I'm Muslim, we follow Bechamai. I'm oh, sorry, Beitir. We follow Beitir, you don't have to go back. But Beitir agrees. You should ideally, say in the same spot. But to fulfill both right opinions, right. have a piece of bread with you, no? So you could continue it your meal. what your intention was. You have to have, when you say hamotzi, you have to have intention. What are you going to do with hamotzi? Is the hamotzi going to cover you here or cover you there? Where is it going to cover you? So you say, my intention is to eat it over here. That's it. You can't change your intention. That's it. Oh. It's stuck. If you can't eat on you know, the train, you have to wash again and eat again. Make another bracha. There's another story here. Look at this. Someone passed away prematurely, Barman appeared in a dream to a relative more than a year later. The relative says, how are you doing? The dead man says, every day I receive a severe punishment. I was not careful to recite the blessings before and after eating with the proper concentration. As they beat me, they, they scream at me, you ate and drank only for your own pleasure. It's so hard, gosh. I said, a bracha. Yeah, but the main intention was not the bracha, the main intention was the food. He didn't say it properly. So the relative said, we know that the dead are punished in, in Gainam for only for a year. It's been over a year already. What is going on? The dead man said, the punishment I receive now is less severe than what I was subjected to during the first 12 months. <laughs> so severe punishment is 12 months. After that, it's a little bit of punishment. It's very hard. This is a very big answer, especially today. More people are more religious. and More brachot are being said. It's not just quantity, it's also quality. It's the quality, not just the quantity, it's the quality.
It's like the quality of care, right? You're a doctor, right? It's the quality of care, not just the quantity. How many times you see the patient? It's the quality of care. Even when you make phone calls to these big companies, this phone call is being recorded for quality purposes. Yeah, yeah, but it's only again, don't worry. I don't know how many people listen to that phone call. They tell them. It's being quality, good. They really, they really want to hear you. They want to hear the other party. They want to hear their own people. I don't know. <laughs> Play that message before you say a bracha. This is quality. Right, exactly. Hashem is, can you imagine Hashem is taping you for quality control purposes? <laughs> That's a great line. I like that line. <laughs> the person says a bracha, you're going to think it's being taped for quality control purposes. Wow. <laughs> the person gets payback in the next world. We have to do teshuva. Can we all do teshuva? A bracha should be all good. Hashem should love our bracha. If you love him, he'll love you. Very simple. It's a two way street. Mida mida. Thing is, you won't hear the recording until it's too late. Yeah, but you can re record it by doing teshuva. So by re recording, you can do teshuva. The Chay Adam and the Kavachayim. They related a story to illustrate the importance of taking care to fill this halacha. Another story. A great Torah scholar passed away. His soul goes to heaven. As he, as he approached, he has a loud voice. Make room for the tzaddik whose soul has arrived. Beautiful. Halavai. He came forward. He was handed a Torah scroll. And, and they asked him, Did you fulfill what it says over here in the Torah scroll? Baruch Hashem, yes. The first mitzvah is Puravu. Did you fulfill the mitzvah Puravu? Yes. Did you do it for your own physical desires or did you do it for the Shem Shemayim? Again, he says, yes. At once, the court asked for witnesses. At once, countless angels arrived. And all the angels came. And said, this man did... We're here because this man created us with his mitzvot. All the angels came. After going through the list of mitzvot, a set of Turim were brought. Arba Turim, you know, the, the tour over there. Big brown books over there. Beautiful. Did you fulfill the halachot contained in the oral Torah? They asked him. He said, of course I did. They asked for testimony. <laughs> the angels came. He said, look, he's, we're the angels he created. From every halakha he did, he's an angel. Finally, they asked him, were you careful not to pronounce Hashem's name in vain? Oh, gosh. No answer came. He didn't answer that one. Suddenly, a horde of angels dressed in black arrived and testified. Each one said, I came into being on this particular date when this man pronounced God's name during his prayers. From Minnan, without paying any attention to the name's meaning. And that, the judges stood up and rent their garments. Oh, gosh. People do this all the time. Scary stuff, huh? Yeah. They kept everything else. But when he prayed, he didn't have... The Shukran says, when you say Hashem's name, you have to think of two things. Adonai is Adonakov, who is the master of the universe. He's the master of everything. Hayahovevye. He was, he is, and will be. You've got to think of those two. Every, every name of God, you could imagine. Every, every time you say God's name and a blessing, Adonakov Hayahovevye. It's so hard to have it all. So there's a prayer in the beginning of the Siddur. I know the Siddur has it. That every time I'm saying God's name, it should be as if. I'm having in mind, I don't like So it's good to have that, say at least once a year this way. 
hopefully that prayer works, you know, Twitter works, it's enough, it's like, Hashem, you make it as if every time I say your name, it's as if I had in mind, I don't call Hayyah with you. Very hard. Wow. Are we allowed to say Amen to a bracha that we know for mm-hmm. sure is Lovatala? You say Amen the same way you say bracha. What do you mean? Say Amen Lovatala. <laughs> say invalid Amen. Say Amen Lovatala? No, yeah, of course. You don't say Amen. It's invalid bracha. So the people... you didn't say Hashem's name properly. It's a, you can't say what is it? My prayer, Gefen. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear. I didn't hear Hashem's name. I didn't hear. But that's already that's a defective bracha. I'm talking about a, a real bracha that a person said it in a context where it wasn't warranted. And then it's bracha lebatala. Like classic situation in the family sitting, the head of the family makes hamotzi, has to have in mind everybody. Then everybody individually makes their own hamosi. So, why? Why? Because they think that he never had them in mind. But he's saying, "I'm having you in mind." So they should have kavanah negdit, which means I don't want to be yotzim. Once you say, "I don't want to be yotzim," you say, no, in your head. they say, "Oh, well, the more brachas we say, the better." Okay, they should have in mind not to be yotzim. They do. So I guess That's what it means. They don't. They have in mind not to be yotzim. There's bracha. So let's say he was yotzi and he didn't get bread yet, but other people are saying the bracha. Should he say amen or should he wait? If, he, the, if he knows they're not being yotze his bracha, and they know that, everyone knows that. But I mean, he, he, he was yotze the bracha, but he, he didn't get his bread yet. He can say amen. He can say amen even It's not a bracha, it's not a hepsik, because it's the same inyan, it's the same topic. Okay. Which we're going to come to. Okay. So when saying Hashem's name, do not read those letters out loud. You can't pronounce Yudke Vavke. Not. Zeshemi Leolam. This is my name, Leolam. It's missing a vav. Leolam is missing a vav. So therefore, it's Zesh Mi Lealem. This is my name to hide. Yudke Vavke. And my remembrance will be forever. My remembrance is out of Dalilun Yud. My name, Yudke Vavke. Don't say it. I'll say it. That's really saying God's name again. That's, that's a real, that's one of the main names. Right? Okay. So that's what two things supposed to going to think of. Yudke Vavke is Haya Hove Yihye. He's Vavtai. So that's the underlying theme of Yudke Vavke. Hashem is a Vavtai. Hashem is unchanging. What's it going to think? Hashem is unchanging. Haya Hove Adonako. And the one you're saying is Adonako. He's the master of everything. So there's two names in one name. Amazing. That's why we have two covenant for one name. Because they're both named. They're both the same name. Yudke Vavke is pronounced Aladadanir. So Hashem, Elohim, is all-powerful. Baal HaYechulet. Baal Kol HaKochot Kulam. Elohim is the God who controls all the powers of the world. Elohim. <coughs> and, uh, and that's what we say. Mikamucha Ba'elihim Adonai. Who is like you among the gods, Hashem? Right? We're going to say it this week. It's in this week's parasha, right? It's in the, yeah. Ash- in the Shira. Az Yashim Moshe. By the end, so who is like you, God, among all the mighty beings? Because you contain all the other powers. I saw today someone asked me this question last week because it's uh, there's a contradiction in Pesukim about Ani Velo Malach. On the one hand, the Torah says he sent a mashkit, 
there was a mashkit, there was a damaging angel to the makat bekorot. Right. On the other hand, it says ani velo malach. Which one was it? So Rashi answers. If you look at Rashi, in the parasha, he says the, they, were, they, they were killed by the angel. The first one was killed by the angel. But it says by the gods of Bethlehem, Eseshvatim, Ani Hashem. The destruction of the idols was done by Hashem himself. It was the Egyptians, the firstborns, were killed by the angel. But the, the judgment on their gods, the God, look what Rashi says, the wooden gods rotted. Imagine one second, they all rotted. <laughs> you got a god in your hand, rotted. And the, and the metal gods melted and got sunk into the earth. But even if the Malach killed the Egyptians, he only did it under God's order. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm just saying. It's a dichotomy over here. And the answer is very simple. The Rakhwin's Rajiv is beautiful. You don't have to go to anything. No, the answer is very simple. The Egyptians were killed by the angel, and the gods of the Egyptians were destroyed by God. And God, because God is the God of the gods. He's a, he's a, he's a master. He's, he's all the powers together. He's, in a, he's, a, he's the power altogether. Okay. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen. I gotta go. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.